Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Inside the Archives, and happy Halloween, everyone. I'm Marty Rosenbaum, XRT's digital content producer, and all things social media. Halloween 2019 is going to be marked with snow and freezing temperatures in the Chicagoland area, so not necessarily the ideal environment for trick-or-treating or getting dressed up and going out. It may be better just to get cozy and stay inside. If you don't have a Halloween costume yet, and I don't either, so I may take my own advice on this. Head to WXRT.com where we have a list of seven last-minute costume ideas for music fans of any genre. Of course, Prince is on there because how can you go wrong with dressing up as Prince with his crazy costumes and outfits that he's had throughout the year? But there's some other great pieces on there, and I just wanted to plug that really quick since this is, as you guessed, a Halloween podcast. If you haven't done so yet, subscribe to Inside the Archives on Radio.com and Apple Podcasts. All you need to do is search both libraries for Inside the Archives or head to WXRT's channel on Radio.com where you can find a full list of every single episode of Inside the Archives that have been released thus far. Subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating and a review, and tell your friends about it too. Lots of great stuff that's on there. Lots of great stuff that's coming up ahead as well. That's in the books. I'll get to that a little bit later. But right now I want to tackle Halloween. It's a fun time of the year, and despite how cold it's going to be, always provides a great opportunity to stir your creativity and be topical on what's going on in this year, you know, maybe play on some current events or rehash some retro costume ideas, something that you may not have busted out for a few years, something that people totally forget about that you'll wow your friends with. But it's also a fantastic time for music. And in recent years, maybe even in the past 10 years, it's become one of the highlighted days of the year for music. Aside from New Year's Eve, I can't really think of a day that artists get as creative as Halloween where they may push the boundaries from what a normal concert would be where they stray from the norm and kind of give their audience a trick or a treat. (laughs) So it's like I mentioned, Halloween is one of my favorite times of the year. You know, outside of music, you get the chance to binge on terrible yet highly entertaining movies on Netflix or on TV. You also have an excuse to stuff your face with candy and scroll through your Instagram feed to find the most cringeworthy costumes. As I mentioned, it also presents an incredible music opportunity. You artists get the chance to do something so bizarre, so out of left field, that your fans will be delighted that you've taken that chance. There's almost an expectation from the audience that things will be different on a Halloween show, that you're not walking into a venue and seeing a Sandra concert, that you almost have to expect the unexpected. After all, a musician on stage will be looking out in the crowd, and you won't see a normal audience either. There's a good chance they'll be dressed in costume, and it's a festive party-like atmosphere. And then we get to the music itself. Now, some bands may opt to play the same set list, but donning a costume, which is totally awesome, 
Others may use it as an opportunity to engage in a little trick-or-treat with the audience playing different music than their audience is used to or interspersing songs that usually appear on their set list with a few surprises. There's an interview that government mule guitarist Warren Haynes uh, did with Jambase, a blog focused more so on jam-oriented music, and he was talking about what goes into preparing government mule Halloween show. Now, government mule is known for covering albums or different artists on their Halloween shows. And they were in Chicago a few years ago and did a cover of all Jimi Hendrix tunes, um, Electric Ladyland, Axis Bold of Love, all those various Jimi Hendrix set lists. And I'm going to get to that in a little bit. And the focus of this podcast is going to be on the connection of Halloween and music and providing a historical perspective on what artists have done because to my surprise, it isn't a recent phenomena where artists do crazy things. It's something that has happened throughout the history of rock music. So we'll get to that in a little bit, but back to Warren Haynes, he told Jambase in regards to preparing for a government mule Halloween show. He said, it really comes down to what we think fans would want to hear, which includes some degree of more popular songs, but also enough maybe obscure material that a real hardcore fan would ask for. A lot of that is listening on our part and deciding what, if we were in the audience's fans, would we really want to hear? So as Haynes reveals, it's not only playing the hits, but you're also digging through your library, your catalog of music, and trying to find that song you maybe haven't performed in four or five years. Something that fans that are shelling out money to see a ticket something that fans that are shelling out money for a Halloween ticket would really be like, wow, this is a total bust out. This is totally cool. And then you have the covers as well. A lot of artists, as I mentioned, will opt to cover entire albums for Halloween. This is something that Fish has been notorious for doing. They started back in 1994. I think it was a cover of Beatles. The White Album was the first one they did in its entirety. And they've ranged from artists like The Who, Talking Heads, Velvet Underground, Rolling Stones, Little Feet, and David Bowie covering entire albums from those artists on their Halloween shows. A lot of different artists have followed suit as well, covering various albums. Um, almost like, you know, I think fans fans along the blogosphere are calling them musical costumes where an artist can put on a costume and play an entire album from a different artist. But then there's also the weird that happens on Halloween. And I want to cycle through right now a list of concerts that I put together, did a bit of research, did a, did a bit of research on this, and I'm sure there are plenty of artists that I miss. And I encourage you to let me know what I missed. Hit me up on Twitter at Marty Rosenbaum, or if you want to follow 93XRT and leave a comment on the post when I do get this podcast published, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at 93XRT. Let me know some Halloween shows that we didn't cover here. I want to, I want to see them. If you got YouTube links, too, let me see that, because that'll be a great way to spend a chilly Halloween night when... Everyone is not out trick-or-treating by watching cool Halloween shows. List of concerts. As I mentioned, Government Mule, Warren Haynes Band. In 2012, they were at the Riviera, and they dedicated an entire set to covering Jimi Hendrix. Um, The set list, as I mentioned, comprised classic Hendrix songs along with some deeper cuts as well. But I think looking at at the set list, it was almost like a 15-song set um, where they acted as, you know, Jimi Hendrix experience or... Other outfits from Jimi Hendrix's cat- other outfits from Jimi Hendrix's career. There's also artists like Little Feet who played the Orpheum Theater in Boston, 1975, and this is a notorious show. It was a live radio broadcast on the station WCBN, 
but also represented the band at its height. And this Halloween show just shows off their sheer musicianship. I don't think there was anything out of the normal on their set list that night, but it is known for just concert-wise being a fantastic concert. It also predated their famous live album, Waiting for Columbus. So if you want to get a peek at what Little Feet was like before they reached that album that they're best known for, highly recommend listening to the show. Another pair of Halloween shows come from the Smashing Pumpkins, and these shows were a decade apart. We'll start off earliest when the Smashing Pumpkins opened for Kiss in 1998 at Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles. And I think this show was the first time any 3D visuals were used at all. Um, I don't know how accurate that is. Just doing research, that was one fun tidbit that was mentioned. But during the show, Smashing Pumpkins dressed up as the Beatles, and you can see some pictures and some video from the show. Everyone has the famous the mop top along with the black suits, and Jimmy Chamberlain's drum had that classic Beatles insignia listed on his kick drum. Uh, the show was also streamed live on the internet, which in 1998 was a heck of a feature. Everyone, everyone was on dial-up at that point, so I can't imagine quality was that late, but they're thinking ahead of their time, and there was also a radio broadcast for it. Fast forward a decade to 2008, and the Pumpkins were playing the Newport Music Hall in Columbus, Ohio, and there's this recording of this set on archive.org, which, quick plug, is a great website for live music fanatics. They're not professional soundboard quality recordings that people are, you know, that artists are releasing. However, there's tons of great audience, uh, audience tapes and recordings out there, so you can get a glimpse into live recordings. This set is on there, Halloween 2008, Newport Music Hall, Columbus. And the Smashing Pumpkins open up their show with a variety of Halloween covers. I don't know if they were dressed up in costume, but I mean, it's Halloween, why not? But they played covers of Louie Louie, Hang On Sloopy, which is a staple in Columbus, Ohio. The Monster Mash, Wipeout, and uh, Inagata DeVita, the Iron Butterfly song. Didn't go on for the full 17 minutes, a little disappointing, but they offered a nice cover of that. Frank Zappa is another artist that is tied to Halloween at the hip. He released a live album and on DVD audio, or rather, his estate released a live album and DVD audio of his performance at the Palladium in New York City, 1978. This didn't feature many covers. I don't know off the top of my head if it featured any at all, but outstanding performance and musicianship from Zappa at one of the heights in his career at this point. If you're looking to get into Frank Zappa or kind of just scratch the surface, this really provides a great look into what his live shows were like and the power that it had. As I mentioned before, Fish is a Halloween staple doing full covers of albums. And in recent years, they've tried to move beyond that and giving him credit to their creative nature, not really giving any sense of predictability with the audience. In recent years, they've done... Full album debuts, their 2014 record, Fuego, they played it in its, in its entirety at the Halloween show in Las Vegas in 2014, and that was before anyone heard it, anyone heard any songs from there. Uh, last year, there was also the notorious incident of the band pretending to be a Scandinavian rock outfit called Casbot Vox, and they performed an entire set of new material, dressing up kind of like a cheesy disco band from the 70s or 80s, all white suits and white instruments with white fur on it and there's videos of it on youtube highly entertaining highly suggest you check that out and then in 2016 
maybe it was 2017, I can't remember the exact year, feel free to yell at me. They covered a 1964 Disneyland album called The Chilling, Thrilling Sounds of the Haunted House and just reinterpreted various sound bits that were on there. I don't know if these were pre-existing songs or not, but they turned them into songs and it was really, really cool. In that same vein, another artist you may assume has Halloween ties with album covers would be The Grateful Dead. Known for their unpredictability, Halloween being unpredictable, seems like it'd be a great fit, right? Well, not really. The Dead did perform on Halloween. Jerry Garcia performed on Halloween as well, but they weren't really known to dress up in a musical costume or really go off the rails performing albums in their entirety or doing anything that would be too abnormal from a Grateful Dead show, whatever a normal Grateful Dead show is like. However, in 1991 at the Oakland Coliseum in Oakland, California, it was the band's final Halloween concert, and it took a week after it took place a week after legendary concert promoter Bill Graham was killed in a helicopter crash. Now, Bill Graham was tied closely with the Grateful Dead and the San Francisco scene in the 1960s, providing the band um, an outlet with his music venues and promoting them. And you can read up on that entire history. But during that show, Ken Kesey came out on the stage and wrote read a I think, poem or pat passage from a book I think it was it was a poem that he read that was eerily haunting and not exactly comedic legitimately haunting at the time and um if you want to get a true scare during Halloween I'd, I'd recommend checking this out because it's a it's a dark freaky thing but nevertheless that was the Grateful Dead's most memorable foray in Halloween Widespread Panic, another jam outfit, has played several Halloween shows here in Chicago in 1996, 2001, and 2011. They opt to cover a wide variety of artists during their Halloween shows. They've included artists such as Wilco, Warren Zevon, Frank Zappa, Black Sabbath, The Doors, ZZ Top, Deep Purple, Blue Oyster Cult, and others in their repertoire. So those are a lot of the bands that are covering other artists or playing albums in their entirety. And I want to transition now to some weird Halloween stories, stuff that is truly bizarre and is certainly in place with the whole Halloween theme. Last year in 2018, the Red Hot Chili Peppers played a show at drummer Chad Smith's kids school. It was like a normal school assembly, except the Red Hot Chili Peppers were there playing a concert. We have an article of that archive somewhere at 93XRT.com. So just search for Red Hot Chili Peppers and you can see some video footage. I can't remember off the top of my head what they were playing during that set uh, or if it was a set or just one song, but it was it was pretty cool. Just imagine going to school and getting called for an uh, assembly and the Red Hot Chili Peppers are there. In 1967, Iggy Pop and the Stooges made their debut on Halloween at a random house party in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, this was the very first show the Stooges ever played, and they were billed that night as the Psychedelic Stooges. This was prior to this is prior to what you're familiar with with Iggy Pop and the Stooges. Their sound was vastly different, totally avant-garde and experimental. Something that fits well on Halloween, but may not lend towards its pop, no pun intended, sensibilities. And during the show, Iggy Pop reportedly used household objects like a vacuum cleaner and a vent and a blender during the show, and uh, Scott Ashton's drum set for the kick drum, he didn't have a kick drum. Instead, he just used an empty 50-gallon drum of motor oil. How appropriate, since they were in Detroit, home of Ford. So that was certainly a memorable experience. 
and I'm sure something that is as closely associated with Halloween is a seminal moment in that band's history. Another bizarre story came in 1990 in Seattle at the Seattle Center Arena. Billy Idol and Faith No More embarked on a joint tour together, and it was their final show. The date was scheduled for Halloween. Faith No More was performing their hit song, Epic, and Billy Idol's crew decided to mess with them. I don't know if there was tension going on in the tour, and this was a legitimate mean thing or act of vengeance that Idol wanted to do, or if this is simply just a Halloween prank. But during the show, Idol's crew rolled out a lighting rig that had 40 pounds of dead fish on it. When this happened, Faith No More began to throw out the fish in the audience Well, lead singer Mike Patton started stuffing some of the fish down his pants. Crazy. Rock and roll, but who who the hell wants to get hit with a fish during a concert? Promising not to be outdone. Once Idol took the stage, Faith No More got their revenge by storming the stage completely in the nude, only with masks on. To make things even weirder, after the show, Idol decided to one-up and get the last laugh by having his team let loose five mini pigs and a goat in Faith No More's dressing room. I mean, you can't make this stuff up, and I have to imagine that scene smelled absolutely terrible at the time. However, Halloween. Like I said, I don't know if there's any tension between the two acts, but that's certainly a memorable Halloween incident. David Bowie has also taken a part in the bazaar in a 1969 concert in Gravesend, England, at General Gordon concert venue, Bowie performed for only 15 minutes. The crowd went crazy, though. He performed Space Oddity. People were loving it. I mean, how could you not love David Bowie at that time, one of the creative geniuses performing in his younger days? However, after the 15 minutes were up, Bowie ended the concert. Band walked off stage. Nothing was there. He dragged a stool on stage and walked out with a huge book. Bowie then proceeded to read poems to the crowd, and this did not go over well with them. They booed him mercilessly, yelling things at him, and he got booed off the stage. David Bowie got booed off the stage for reading poems and other literature on Halloween when fans were expecting a concert. The last notable instance I found, and as I mentioned before, I'm sure there are plenty more, so hit me up on Twitter, at Marty Rosenbaum, to let me know. But in 1974, Led Zeppelin was throwing a party for the UK launch of their new record label, Swan Song. This took place in Kent, England at the Chislehurst Caves. So party was taking place in a cave. I mean, totally appropriate for Led Zeppelin at the time, right? So while there's no record of any performance that happened during this party, a 1974 with Led Zeppelin party, you can imagine, was nuts. The party included nuns in suspenders that were serving drink. There was a naked woman lying in a coffin covered in jelly. And, uh... To top things off, there were naked male wrestlers cavorting in the recesses of the cave. Uh, yeah, so Led Zeppelin, 1974. You want you want you want to know what rock and roll was like then? That seems like a pretty apt description. It remains to be seen what we have in store for us for Halloween 2019. There's likely going to be some memorable album covers, some crazy costumes that people dress up as during this time. And maybe some bizarre instances as well, but a lot of the bizarre instances that I outlined beforehand took place a while ago, and maybe due to the event, advent of social media, it's not going to go as off the hinges as people rolling out 40 pounds of dead fish on the stage or letting loose farm animals in people's dressing rooms, but 
it provides a time for people to get creative, for people to take place in truly bizarre things that wouldn't happen at any other point in the year. And as I said before, outside of New Year's Eve, there's no other day in music that really presents this opportunity. You know, during the summer, you have great concerts. And part of that is due just to it being the summertime. People are in a joyous atmosphere, a joyous mood, a celebratory atmosphere because it's warm outside. You made it through winter. But there's also music festivals, too. And sure, people will do crazy things there and artists will take greater risks than they may take at their normal show. But those are so widespread that you can't really pinpoint one date in the calendar year where you're going to say, yeah, this date, regardless of who the artist is, there's going to be something cool happening. And with Halloween, you have that every single year, year in and year out. What I'm going to do is mark down all of these instances that I talked about on 93xrt.com when I publish this podcast. So if you do want to research further, maybe check out YouTube to find clips of this or even read up further on the stories that I talked about, it'll all be listed right there for you. My notes that I'm reading off of right now are going to be listed for you on 93xrt.com. Have a safe Halloween, everyone. Happy trick-or-treating. As I said before, if you're still struggling to find that last-minute Halloween costume, I got you covered. Head to 93xrt.com. It's on our homepage right now. You can search for seven last-minute Halloween costume ideas for fans of any music genre. And if you haven't done so yet, follow me on Twitter, at Marty Rosenbaum. Yell at me for the Halloween shows or Halloween instances that I miss. Show me your Halloween costume. Feel free to... Feel free to let me know what, what's going on in your Halloween world this year. And if you want to stay up to date on the latest on Inside the Archives, I have some polls that go on there. I, I ask for your input frequently, and you guys have been so great about obliging to that. The best way to stay tuned or to participate is to follow me on Insi- follow me on Twitter at Marty Rosenbaum. And additionally, you can follow 93XRT on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at 93XRT. So that's it for now. Like I said, we have some great episodes of Inside the Archives coming up. We're going to have another DJ soon. Actually, Marty Lawrence is going to be my next guest. We have a pretty cool talk topic that we have in hand talking about families and music and why that works so well together. So a little sneak peek, a little tease at what's ahead. You'll just have to wait for that. But I promise you it'll be worth it. So follow me on Twitter at Marty Rosenbaum follow 93XRT on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at 93XRT for the latest on Inside the Archives and subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating or review and find every single episode on radio.com and on Apple Podcasts so far, just search for Inside the Archives. For 93XRT and Inside the Archives, I'm Marty Rosenbaum We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.